Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening, folks. Today is Thursday, March 22nd, 2018. It's 8 p.m. or thereabouts, which means it is time for Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you very much. And uh, this is part two of the series about Jody. And most Marines know who he is. Most people in the military have met Jody one way or the other. And I'm joined by the guest host for this series, um, a fellow Marine and brother, uh, Wesley Mullins, Digital Lifestyles, LLC. Wes, welcome to the show. How's it going, Travis? It's good to hear you again. Absolutely, man. It's going great, except I'm pissed off. And, and a couple disclaimers here before we get going, people. A couple disclaimers. One my, um, one my uh, producer did not like, but I have to say again, you understand there's two Marines talking here, which means you will hear Marines talk like Marines in some instances. So if you do not like uh, bad, foul, putrid language at certain points of the podcast, reach up there to that little red X or X in the upper right-hand corner of your screen and click it right now. Or if you're an Apple or Mac user, go to the right of your screen and click the little red dot right now and yes my producer is very unhappy about that but uh, it's my show just saying also we will talk about um, certain aspects of the legal system we are not saying we are attorneys or lawyers and if you have an issue with uh, family court divorce or child custody we encourage you to take the appropriate action which may be to go out on your own and or um, go with an attorney. We are just presenting um, the story as we see fit based on our personal experiences and research. And with that said, now that I've got that out of the way, Wes, we can get down to business. Yeah, I'm pissed off. I, I am fucking irate. Go ahead. Tell me about it. Well, I need to because I, I'm, I'm looking at this thing that I'll get into here in a second, and I don't understand why this upsets me so and you might be saying well what is bothering yeah i'm reading for this series and for people who don't know we're going to have episode one linked into the blog post site along with a way to contact uh myself and or wes depending upon who you want to talk to wes is a better looking guy (laughs) for sure (laughs) but Doing research for this show, I'm finding out, Wes, the first thing that's ticking me off is how many people think that the kind of stuff we're going to talk about here tonight doesn't really happen. Right, right. It's just, it's anecdotal. It doesn't really, come on. So that that kind of got me on edge because in a way they're right. We can tell the stories all day long. Right. But we need to find some proof. So I go looking for proof thinking, well, maybe maybe, maybe I'm just being, you know, overly sensitive and I got a hit and here's what really ground my gears and fucking got me irate now <clears throat> a back in back in 2014 uh-huh. which was four years ago um, a Navy s- sailor 
He is, was is an information systems technician second class, Matthew Hendez, who was serving on a nuclear submarine in Pacific. Right. Had a huge issue blow up. And, and what happened was, to tell the story, is, long story short, him and his wife, he was married, uh, got divorced, and at one point, either during the divorce or after the divorce, she awarded or gave him full custody of their four-year-old daughter at the time. Okay. okay. Nothing wrong with that. Well, that, 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 that does happen. Right. Uh, and, and, and in some ways, I can respect the fact that the mom looked at the situation and said, you know what, I am no longer, you know, I'm no longer capable or fit of doing this full time. I'm going to let dad do it. Sure. Or even Willie. Yeah. You know, vice versa. Uh, if you can make that decision as a parent in the best interest of the child and, and understand that my hat's off to you, really, seriously. That's, that's no that's no demerit in my book versus against you. Right. But that happened. And, and, and so he's, he's doing his thing. He finds a, a new girlfriend during the time, and they get engaged, and the daughter is living with the girlfriend and the mom, his mother, and they're taking right. care of the daughter while he's deployed in a nuclear submarine in the middle of the ocean. And, you know, what's the big deal, I get asked. I said, well, the big deal is, is these nuclear subs can, in theory, go an entire year without surfacing. That's right. That's exactly right. Really? I said, yeah, they're, they're designed with the, the water filtration systems and the way they do food and the way they do everything else. They, they, they can punch out for a maximum of a year. I said, reality, it's more like six months, but they can go a year without surfacing. Here's something that's interesting about that. I, I, I served um, security forces in uh, the Atlantic, and we interfaced a lot with, um, with subs, nuclear subs. And the true length that a deployment really can go is actually quite a few years. They limit it to a year because the human body can't do without sunlight for that long. Really? They can really stay underwater for quite a few years without ever resurfacing. Well, of course, for food and, you know, other supplies. But as far as air, as far as filtration, water, they're good. Huh. But he's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right? He's doing his thing. He's serving his country in, 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 a, in, a, in a place that is very harsh on, on, the, on the mind, on the body, a lot of stress, right? Right. And his command gets notified that his ex-wife wants to take custody of the child back. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. She filed a claim, uh, a, a, a complaint, or and it's a complaint for custody or temporary custody of the child, which is her right to do. Of course, as a biological mom, right? Absolutely. The, the the better thing I think would have been to talk this over with this sailor before she did that, but she got a complaint. She got in front of a judge, and this is when the wheels start going off, and I get really really upset. Because um, it went up in front of the judge, and the judge's name is Judge Margaret No out of, of Michigan, um, the circuit court judge for that area that he was in. Right. And she did two things, according to the Navy Times article that I will put in the blog post. The first thing was she threatened jail. Say and what? <laughs> she threatened jail because... If now, now I haven't talked to a lawyer about this, but looking at the case and there's multiple, you know, websites that research this case very carefully. I'm just giving you a cliff notes version of it because he could not show up for court on his appointed day. What the judge threatened to do was the minute his sub touched the, uh, 
the port and he put foot on American soil, there was going to be a sheriff there, wherever his port was, to take him into custody for contempt of court, for failure to show up. She put a warrant out for his arrest. And that can and does happen. It's very rare, but it does happen. You're shitting me. It's in the Navy Times article. And then the second thing, and this is what really sent me into Nova, I mean, fucking just unbelievable. Well, this, is, this is actually the second of three things. Is she was going to, without him being there, because you have to be there as a parent to argue on your behalf. Your lawyer just can't show up for you. She was going to transfer custody without him being there because Whoa. he couldn't be there. Oh, now that's dirty. So his lawyer and, and, and the service member, uh, you know, ISS second class Matthew Hendez cites, and this is the actual law. I will put the statute in the link in the blog post so you can all can read this. There is a statute for military service members called the Service Members Civil Relief Act. Right. It's a federal statute. The reason they have this statute is certain people at, at, at certain levels understood that a military man or woman cannot just drop what they're doing and come to court for situations like this. And what it does is it places a 90-day stay so they can at least try to come out and get done, which if this had been invoked, we wouldn't be at this point. His sub was due to port in like two months, so he wouldn't be able to make his, his court date if they had enacted this thing. Oh, boy. And, and the thing was, I, I told a couple of people about this because a couple of people did ask me about this. Even even the Facebook group that kicked uh, this podcast off their thing for the language, which I don't care because, you know, I, I'm fucking done. You, you can't sit there on the sidelines and say, well, that's just, I, I'll... I'll I'll send best wishes. No, this guy was getting ready to look at jail time, which is a minimum of 30 days for a contempt charge, or having and or having his daughter taken away from his custody without him being able to advocate for himself. There is a federal statute, a federal law for all 50 states and territories in the United States that allows for him to have an exception, if you will. We'll give you 90 days. You better make it within 90 days. Okay. And the judge said, nah, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's what's got me pissed tonight. That's what's absolutely got me fucking fired up. Wow. Where, where the fuck does this judge get off doing this? And why? There's dads uh, out there who won't see their kids. There's dads out there who won't pay their child support. There's dads out there who, you know, have a, a revolving door of girlfriends and this guy is serving his country and gets gets screwed over like this. Oh boy, yeah, that's that's really really off. And, but but the thing is, this happened four years ago, right? In 2014, um, the daughter was six at the time. You know, it did not end well. We'll get into that in a later podcast. But I'm really really fucking angry about this. Wow. And I don't know, so I'm going to ask you at this point, you know, I asked to look at some things. I kind of want to get an understanding and try to tell people that this part too now is Jody, the, the court system. Oh, absolutely. We have Jody, the guy who, you know, fucks your, your, your wife or your girlfriend and, and you know, does that. But right. I really believe that there's a case to say that Jody can also represent the court system, and I, I need some perspective around that, dude, because no. I'm pissed and I don't understand why this happens. Well, it's, it's really, it's a horrible system, I can tell you, and you've been through it as just as I have, um, where this is, this is a system that doesn't play fair. It does not hold both sides of the discussion or argument or disagreement accountable the same way. It does not give the same latitudes or permissions or uh, privileges equally. Where we have a, a system here where, and it's pretty sad that, you know, I'm starting to see memes on Facebook talking about, you know, 
um, here, here was one that was said. It was uh, something Chris Rock said in one of his routines. He said, mothers, children, are, and pets are loved unconditionally. Fathers and men are only loved because of what they provide. Because if they can't provide, they're not loved. It's a sad reality. Yeah, but it's the truth. It really it's is. The truth. I mean, like the Janet Jackson song says, bro, what have you done for me lately? Right. Madonna says, I'm a material girl, a material world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to be a man in this world is worse than thankless. So, it, it, and it's to the, to the effect of, even if you were thanked before, all that shit could be erased just because you didn't do what I wanted you to do right now. It's horrible. And it reflects in the family court system. The thing that, uh, there, there are quite a few truths that um, can be brought forward from this situation. Um, and for all of the listeners out there, um, I would encourage all of you to look up both the United States codes of law and also um, the uh, 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 centralized federal regulations. Okay. Do you have, do you have Cornell Law School? Do you have uh, links for those? Oh, absolutely. And I'll, right. I'll share them with you. Yeah, we'll put them in the blog post. Um, let me let me get to this really really quick. Okay. Sure. The U.S. codes that deal with child support, for example, uh, that's a part of Title 42, Part D. Um, if you want to go the long way about it, it's Title 42, Chapter 7, Subchapter 6, Part D. Uh, you can look this up online and it's readily available. It talks about all sorts of stuff dealing with child support, the establishment of paternity, how to collect child support, uh, different situations that come up. And matter of fact, there's a section in here, section 665. The title for this section is allotments from, from pay for child and spousal support owed by members of uniformed services on active duty. So not only is this an unfair system, but it goes so far as because of our fellow service members who really don't have the time available to, to go and defend for their children because they're busy serving their country, this is this has worked itself into the lives of service members. It's it's really but it's still, really dirty, dirty system. But uh, let me let me um, share some wisdom. All right, because because you know I'm, I'm still upset. Uh, Listen, I understand. I absolutely understand. I've been to that point. I've been to the point of fury where it actually started to hurt me. Having insomnia, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, thinking and thinking and dreaming of seriously not only harming my child's mother, but even other members of her family that I felt would get to her. If something were done to this person, oh yeah, she'd be really upset. This would really get her attention. And having those thoughts is scary. I wouldn't suggest anybody do it, but this is reality. When, and, and women don't seem to understand that the reason why a man would put himself in harm's way in really any job any career choice is for the safety and security of his family. 
That's the only right reason why men would do it. So to take those children from that man, it's unconscionable. Because now you, you're, you're changing the dynamic of the relationship. Instead of being a co-parent and both of you working to protect the children, you're now breaking that home up, using excuses of, oh, well, he chose not to be with mommy, so he doesn't deserve to have his kids. Wrong answer. God gave those children to both of you, not just one person both of you. He has just as much right to those children as you have as the mother. To act in a different manner about it is wrong. So the, the, the key, to, or let me get to my point here really quick, that when you find yourself in the situation where you're feeling these feelings, you're angry, you're fuming, you're you're furious. You really want to hurt something. You want to destroy something. You have to not bottle up those feelings. But what you have to do is that you have to convert that energy that you're about to spend on anger and fury. And you have to get into what I consider a battle mode. Now, when I say battle mode, I know that when we all get ready to, to gear up and do battle, there are things that we do. We put our boots on, we put our uniforms on, we get our gear, we get our, you know, uh, our deuce gear, we get our, our, our rucksacks and, and Alice packs and our, our Kevlar and, of course, our trusty weapons, the you know, our M16s or our M4 carbines. We get all these things ready for battle. But in this matter, in this case, the battle is not the same way. It's actually where you have to do things in a court of law. Unfortunately, the only way to undo this is in a court of law. Why? Because what your child's mother did was bring this to a court of law. So there's that's the only way to get out of it. And I know there are some guys that are going to think, you know, that's not my thing. I really don't care about the law. Um, you should. If you want your children, if you want to be a part of their lives, you need to care. Because that's the thing that you're going to be held to. Well, well why wouldn't you? And, and this is the thing that gets me is that this, this guy was told. Hey, I, I, here's your your daughter. I, I I can't do this anymore. And then she gets uh, changes her mind and does this in this way. And, and you know, cited the law that was on his side to advocate for him. It's not like they tried to pay her off or you know create a social media campaign. His lawyer just cited that that statute. Right. Can you please give my client 90 more days? And the judge said, essentially, no, fuck you. And if he's not here in Michigan on the court date, I'm going to have him arrested when he gets off the submarine in, in Seattle or San Diego, wherever it was. I don't care. And when I have him arrested, I'll have him thrown in jail. And that's, that's that. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to give custody, full custody, of his daughter to his wife, and if she decides that he can see his daughter, well, then she can make a decision. Hmm. There's a reason for that. Okay, because I, I mean, and and it's a it's a really underhanded thing. Family court. You would normally think by the name family court that this is an actual court, right? Yes. I know I did. And you would think that by the, the name court, that it's a judicial, um, is there are judicial actions, there are judicial processes, which basically means you're in a real court. But the truth of this matter is that 
family court is not a real court. It's not a, it's not a real judicial court. It's an administrative court. If you go into the judicial branch of government, you have the general courts, the courts of appeals, district courts, um, local courts, you know, all of these things are broken down. You will not see family court in that chain of command. You will not see family or probate court in, in, that, in that? Not at all. It's under administration, not judicial. Why is that so important? That is extremely important because the true force of family court is because is only by consent. You can only do things administratively by consent of parties. If anyone ever decided to look at the visitation orders or um, any agreements that have been brought forward, everything that's preceded in all of the descriptions is on the consent of the parties. That exact verbiage on consent of the parties, blah, 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 blah. On consent of the parties, you know, mother will be able to this and the father will be able to that. It's administrative only. Now, the funny thing is, there's a lot of things that you would think, oh, but how come they can garnish my my wages and and uh, uh, I was going to ask you that driver's license. Well, guess what? That's by consent, too. You don't realize how far back this goes. Let, let's go into the day that your child is born and, you know, you 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 have a healthy baby. Both of you are happy. You're about to leave the hospital or, you know, whatever, wherever the child was born. And they stop you before you go anywhere. It's called the moment of truth. Or, or the golden moment. And at that moment, they approach you with this paperwork that says, OK, as the father of this child, and it's only for fathers, you have the option to sign for the birth certificate. Will you sign? Now, of course, you're happy and, you know, the mother's looking at you. You know, how, how are you not going to sign this document? But the truth of the matter is, if you look on both sides of the document, it actually starts to tell you certain things, such as by signing this document, you can be subject to child support well isn't that why and, and we'll get into this because there's an actual use case for this because anecdotally what happens is you know the guy goes on a six-month you know med pack float goes into the field for two or three months comes back and you know his wife is pregnant and five years later the kid gets hurt and he finds out that child wasn't his does right. math and figures out what's going on, but oops, oops, he signed that 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 piece of paper you're talking about. Exactly. And the nurse is staying right there, and the wife, and the mother-in-law, and your mom. And oh of course, yeah. Of course you're gonna sign. But you would be shamed not to sign. But the truth of the matter is, and this is something I had to learn this late in the game, that. The actual true document is not the birth certificate. The true document that needs to be signed or endorsed by you or having your information on it is the certificate of live birth or what they call the long form birth certificate. That's the true legal document. Hmm. So... When it comes to that that moment of truth and everybody's looking at you like, if you don't do this, we're going to kill you. The truth of the matter is that, no, you don't have to sign that birth certificate. Some documents, and depending on what state you're in, actually advise you, you may want to see a lawyer before you sign this document. I would personally and 
And again, going over this again, we said it at the beginning of the show. I am not a lawyer. I don't work for a law firm. If you find that you need to have legal representation, I implore you to seek it out. But the truth of the matter is you don't have to sign that document. And they cannot prevent you from leaving. So because of that agreement, because of that consent that you gave, that gives family court the opportunity to catch your dumb ass later when things don't work out, when she gets upset, when she moves out, when you move out, when you get either of you get a different boyfriend or girlfriend. It does not matter. Because you signed that document, you've already given consent. Because, again, going back to Part D, U.S. Uh, uh, 40, title 42, U.S.C., Part D, the title of that section is Child Support and Establishment of Paternity which means the only way that they can get you into child support is if it's established that you're the father. Signing that document gives that establishment. So, so what you're saying here is you come into this battlefield, and I, I cannot imagine what's going on in this guy's mind because he, he wasn't even allowed to Skype into the courthouse to defend himself or advocate for himself. But what you're saying is, when you come into the, I'm going to call it the battlefield that is the 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 the, the, the courtroom, or, or or when you're dealing with Jody the system, it's not really personal. It's not. It really isn't. So what you must do, and this is going to be tough for a lot of people to get used to. I know it was almost impossible for me. However with, you know, getting into certain things such as meditation, such as, you know, hypnosis or whatever you needed to do, uh, um, massage, whatever gets your mind in a calm state, please do so. Because the only way that you can get this done is with a calm mind. Once you get yourself calm, you will be able to function in a court albeit a kangaroo court, it will be court. Well, from, from what I understand, now this, to me, this is an extreme case, but it proves my point that stuff like this happens, and it certainly proves my point that it can happen to people in the military. And, and the thing that got me was, is the judge had complete, I mean, I mean if no one had said anything, this guy would have gotten screwed. I mean, she was not going to change her mind until politicians and appeals got involved, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's actually, yeah, there's there's actually more, um, even concerning uh, the people who sit in those positions as quote unquote judges or magistrates, even the attorneys that show up to defend one side or another or what they call guardian ad litem or the the um, legal custodian for the child. All of these characters, as much as they have these law degrees and all this experience and esquires behind their name or whatever the case may be, because it's an administrative court and not judicial, they hold no force. If you, here's proof of this. All right. Let's say you were called into court. You don't show up. You don't respond. You don't do anything. They don't now in a, in a judicial court, you would be brought in or, or a warrant for your arrest would be, um, set because you are supposed to be in court. 
And it basically directly says that. Now, with child support, the only way they can get you arrested is if they can manipulate the situation to where you are in contempt. Well, even that is hard to prove. And even that is hard to enforce. Um, There have been, and I'm going to talk anecdotally here for a second, Wes, but there have been plenty of examples in, in the military and in the civilian life where a, a father had a court order saying, I can see my kids from this time to this time. Right. It's a court order signed by a judge, recorded by the clerk. It, it, it is might as well be law, right? I mean, it, it's if you, if you violate the terms, you're in trouble, right? And uh, there are hundreds of examples where, where a, a father goes to pick up his child and the mother, for whatever reason, says, no, I'm not going to give them to you. I'm just not going to do it. And I don't have yeah. to. Absolutely. He goes back to the court thinking that he's going to get her in contempt and you know get her arrested or, or at least get a warning. He's told, well, you can, you can file a, another appeal or another claim and we'll hear it in three months. Right, it's not our problem, <laughs> but but it happens, and and, and and people don't believe that it happens. Right, absolutely. And and so the you know the the next thing that that you know, I guess again what I'm really having trouble coming to grips with because I don't know this gentleman, people. I, I I've never met this sailor. Right. Right. Don't know him from Adam. He can walk by me. His daughter is 10 now, 10 or 11 now. It's, it's been four years later. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to understand, Wes, why I, this really got me more than other stories. Because family court is its own separate unit. Uh, just to let you know. And you can look this up if you if you really want to find where family court falls in any hierarchy of authority. Family court actually goes under the Department of Health and Human Services. And we know that is damn well better, not even close to being judicial. Really? How, how does that work? Huh? Is- this is what they've done. They've, they've done a bait and switch on everyone. So with the name family court, you're thinking, oh, well, I got to rise when the judge says all rise and I got to treat him nice and say, oh, your honor and don't raise my voice and this, that and the other. But the fact that this is, under the Department of Health and Human Services, family court is really a business. Because with Health and Human Services, all services rendered have customers. If you look at the Federal Manual of Child Support, it refers to people as customers. No kidding. No, no. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I, anyone can look up the federal manual of child support. It's in the very beginning of the documents. When you go through the procedure on how to file, the mother sends in the information on the father and, you know, who, or I should say the custodial parent, let's say it that way. Let's be fair will say, okay, well, this is the non-custodial parent's information. And what they have to do is they have to pay a fee for services rendered, no more than $25. That money is what they use to establish the contract. You gave us money, so we're going to give you services. This is contract law. 
Contracts don't apply to government. Contracts apply to businesses. I'm reading this quote from the Department of Justice of Health and Human Services. The Children's Bureau in the Department of Health and Human Services, ACF, administers the funding of child welfare agencies and courts. Additional information about the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of the Administration for Children and Families, Children's Bureau, is available at acf.hhs.gov. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? The answer was right in front of us. But for whatever reason, we did not take take it serious. Childwarefare.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Administrator for Children, Families, Family Court, and its permanency planning and all. Okay. Am I lying? No, no. No. Um, and, and, and so. Let, let me finish this up real quick. So. The end of this is going back to why this judge felt that she was untouchable is because basically in the governmental sense of this is on an island with no rule and no one to answer to. Basically like Lord of the Flies. So she can do whatever the fuck she wants. And there's no one to smack her hand to say, don't do that. So in that capacity, the normal Chapter 11 immunities that judges and attorneys normally enjoy is waived when they are operating in family court. You can sue these bastards personally. Well, before we get to Sue, I think I think listening to you and, and what you've had to share kind of brings it into full circle for me. I think I'm angry because if if a man does not arm himself with information and experience, he can really be at a disadvantage. Absolutely. Couple that with the fact that society, the the perception that that a lot of guys get, that you and I have talked to. I mean, this is anecdotal for a minute, but have talked to who have taken this and made bad choices because of it. They all tell me that they just didn't feel like anybody really cared. There's like this real feeling of apathy toward men, and 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 their situation like. You know, he got told over and over again, you know, you can't just deal with your crap. And it's like, he's trying to deal, but he can't deal. Right, right, right. So it, it, what what can a man do to prepare himself and possibly put himself in a position to have the best possible outcome? Because, I mean, yeah, lawyers are great. And, and, and again, and, and I just need to say this again real quick, Wes, before you answer that is, Look, we're not telling you not to go to a lawyer. We're not telling you to go to this particular lawyer. We're just saying that there has to be a strategy you can use to do this. We do not hate women. We do not, uh, you know, and we're not telling you not to get married, although that's a different conversation, different time. But we are just trying to look at this from a, a, a higher view and hopefully offer some hope and relief to guys who are going through this so they don't make bad choices that affect them and their children because your kids need you right now. So, so back to my original thing real quick, I want to get out of the way is how can, how can a man military, but of course civilian, what can he do to put himself in a position to have the best possible outcome for him and his children? Believe it or not, Part of it already said, stay calm. Do not react to any of the dumb shit this woman will do to you. Don't say anything as far as, you know, trying to get the last word for anything that's been said. Do not react to anything. 
if 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 there's anything that um, can give you validation on this, remember when we were kids and you had that one child that you know got on your absolute last nerve and they did everything to get in your face just so that you reacted. And when, and some of us, I'm not I'm not saying everyone learned this lesson, but some of us realize I'm not going to react respond to this person at all for any reason. Now, the truth of the matter is. When that child realizes that they're not getting a reaction from you, that you're not reacting to them, it will piss them off even more. It shows up when they try to really step up their game and get your attention, doing even dumber things, being even louder, going to go through extremes to cuss you out and get your attention and do something to your car or bust your windows out of the house or something, something dumb. They will step it up. You'll know at that point that your game of ignoring them is working. That's number one. Some people will probably think, oh, but that opens me up to that kind of retaliation. You know what? Deal with it. Because the truth of the matter is your children see everything that both of you do. See, the advantage uh, that children have is that they're in both camps. They can see what happens on both sides of the argument. So if your children come to you and you're bad mouthing mommy and then they go back to mommy and mommy's bad mouthing daddy, they're going to be like, yeah, they're both crazy. And you won't have a defense. But if you can keep yourself under control and you refuse to talk bad about the child's mother or, or the non-custodial parent, and they go back to the custodial parent and they hear in all of this foolishness, just like what my son did with me, he came to me on a few occasions and said, mommy's jealous of you. How do you know, son? Well, she called, you know, my wife, you know, this, that and the other and so on and so forth and called her all this B and, you know, talking all about her. Kids see everything. They notice everything, even when you think they're too young. Granted, they may not be able to articulate what's going on, but they know they'll be able to get it later because they'll learn how to articulate what happened. They'll be able to recall better and be more accurate when they describe things. So, 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 so that being said, you're saying to be calm, but, you know, we were talking before we got on tonight right? about how to do the next, you know, 12 of these episodes. Right. And, and you mentioned something about leadership and making this a, a having people get into a, a military mindset. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, I know for us Marines. Um, we have all of these different ditties that we use throughout our career and hopefully afterward. And the one thing that's unique, or I should say universal, better, um, no matter what branch you're in or have been in, is the way that every branch deals with a major conflict, which is the five-paragraph order. The SMEAC. SMEAC. Situation, mission, execution, administration and logistics, command and signal. Well, it, ju it just makes sense because, you know, I'm trying to write uh, the blog post, trying to make sense of this, and I'm like, you know, we're bouncing ideas off, and you kind of mentioned this, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Because then, come on, then, then you start taking the emotion out of it, and you start thinking of it as a as a problem to solve. Right. And then you can start making decisions based on trying to 
gain ground. Exactly. And when you take emotionalism out of what happens, no matter what happens, you can easily and quickly go to your contingency plans, your objective rally points, your alternate rally points, your fallback rally points, your retreat, your retreat rally points. There's always something that you can get back to because the end all is you need to survive. And sometimes falling back is we know that falling back is not a retreat. No. But it's only an opportunity to get a better position to what you really want to go after. And in this situation, what you really want is either access to your kids or custody of your kids. Simple. Well, I, I just feel that if you take that kind of mindset on, you will approach court differently than somebody who does not. And you won't dress, uh, carry yourself, conduct yourself in a way that possibly puts you in a bad light. Because, look, they're watching everything you do. They do. They're watching everything your significant other, ex-wife, spouse is doing. They can tell who's prepared. They can tell who's not. They can tell who is, you know, following the rules and who is not. Right. So, uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of guys that, that we knew go to court and they, 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 they haven't done their research about how this process works. They're ticked off, they're upset, and it comes out and it goes bad. So I, I think, Wes, I'm going to propose that I'm going to try with this one. Definitely the next one is, is structuring everything around the five-paragraph order. You know, next next part three will be situation. Uh, you walk in on your kids, tell you that mommy's upstairs with Uncle Benny praying. And yeah. there's no Uncle Benny, and that's not prayer. Right. That's the situation. The mission is is to, you know, figure out what to do next and then have the other things follow right along with it to give people some kind of framework to use to not get screwed over. Exactly. Because, and, and, I'm, and I get asked, I'm going to ask you this um, as we start winding down. I, I hear the word win a lot. I get asked, well, how do I win? And, and I don't know about you, but my opinion is there, there's no real winner at this point. Well, let's say this. Okay. And this is how this really ought to be seen. When the child has access to both of you so that they can have the most full childhood that they can, the child is the only one that should be seen as winning. Well, that, that, that's true, and that's absolutely right. I think a lot of times it's, it's, it's you know, she versus he, and, you know, everybody loses. You know, if, if I had my way, I, I would go back to or implement the idea of, of no one paying child support in true 50-50 custody for uh, both parents. Absolutely. Uh, both parents with the time in half equally. No one pays anybody any child support. Um, medical bills are, of course, split halfway. Dental bills are split halfway, and that's the way it goes. Right. Holidays are split 50-50, the whole nine yards, and, and that's better than what's going on now. I just don't understand, Wes, how a father is expected to effectively parent getting his children for a grand total of four days a month. Well, let's, let's get into this really quick. The child support, or I should say the family court system, they actually thrive on the controversy between parents. They do things in order to keep this fight going. Because let's let's now let's go into something really important. Let's follow the money. All right. Now I will share this information as well. 
where this can be proven. But child support uh, falls under Title 4D, and it's uh, under the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, TANF. It's a, it's a grant program, a federal grant program. And what it does is that TANF uh, gives states the ability to receive major, I mean, millions, millions of dollars a month in exchange for the number, the sheer number of child support cases that the state has, how many they manage. So what happens when we follow the money is this. When the custodial parent files for child support, a loan is made out to the custodial parent. Because you signed your consent to child support at the golden moment, they now come after the non-custodial parent for the child support. So basically, they send out a loan, again, to the, to the custodial parent, but they put you on the hook as a non-custodial parent to pay it back. And what the state gets out of that, because it's a federal grant, the state gets 66 cents on the dollar. Every dollar that's spent, they get 66 cents of it. So the money that you're sending in, when it finally gets to the child, it really doesn't measure up to what you paid. If you decided to demand at whatever means or cost, an accounting of the monies that were sent to the custodial parent versus what you paid as a non-custodial parent, you would see this difference. It would be as clear as day, even though they would say, oh, but we paid her in full of what we said. But the problem is you made the, the state may have deferred getting their money back at different intervals. It's not consistent. They're, they're creative with this. And it's really, really dirty action. So what, what needs to happen or, or what should happen when we're confronted with this or when we're, we're dealing with, you know, how to, how to, deal with child support. There are ways to use their rules against them so that they basically have to let go. They got to leave you alone. They got to dismiss because there's fraud that's being perpetrated. They're not following their own rules or they're not following the rules they ought to follow. So my advocacy is for non-custodial parents to learn what these rules are. Educate yourselves so that even when you're working with an attorney, you can double check the attorney because the truth of the matter is all judges and attorneys get paid by the state. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's, let's back up because... I did just say that TANF funding was federal grants given to the state for child support, didn't I? Oh, yes, you did. So if the federal government is subsidizing the state and you're paying the state child support, and the state pays the judges and attorneys, isn't that a conflict of interest? It, it would appear to be. I'm, I mean, I'm just getting down the rabbit hole of this. I, my mind's blown by the fact that uh, probate or family court is called probate up here is actually headed under the 
That, that, that blows my mind. I mean, I have thought for years that this is just simply an extension of the legislative branch of government. Nope. And, and I, now I, I'm like, okay, I, I'm starting to wake up and realize, wow, that's why some of the rules are different. Exactly. But I think it goes back to your point a couple minutes ago. We talked about, you know, it's to their advantage to have strife going on. They need those court fees to keep the machine going. They need people coming to the system to keep the machine going. Um, we'll get into this later. I want to talk about this because the the question has been asked back to your your, your example of the, the signing the birth certificate. Um, there's been a, a movement to have babies and, and paternity testing done at the time of birth. And it's been shot down every time and come to find out this is one of the reasons why. It is. It is. If they can get your DNA verified, then they don't need your verbal consent anymore. They don't need your verbal. But also, if they can't verify your DNA, then they don't get paid. This is true. But who's... We're also dealing with an organization that goes against their own rules as it is. Case in point, the, the, the judge, Margaret No had the statute in front of her and said, no. Exactly. We have history of this. So why all of a sudden would they start following rules? But they're, they're going to sit there and say someone's got to pay. So... And, and and we'll get this deserves its own podcast in this show you series because this really affects the the child and the father uh, or or you know alleged father at this point, but um, it it just underscores that whole thing you just said underscores my first original point is they don't have to follow their own rules they don't have to follow their own guidelines if they don't want to exactly I'm, so I mean, they have to be brought to a, a, an actual uh, uh, parental body, i.e. either state court, which is judicial, or federal court, which we know is judicial. And when you bring them before that body, then all of a sudden they're going to start tightening up and, oh, well, we followed blah, 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 and here's the paper trail and when they find, when it's found that no, you didn't follow your rules, then they gotta let you go. They gotta leave you alone to be a parent to your child. So, folks, we're trying to set this up. We we realize we could not get this done in an hour uh, or two hours in two shows. We're going to do this over the course of 14 months. Um, you're going to start seeing us put uh, each episode link one after the other so we can uh, keep people informed. But the whole point of this is, is Wes and I look at people that we've had to either bury, bail out of jail, talk to when they're in an absolute mess. And, 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 and men, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen to women, Wes. I'm not saying that at all. Neither am I. Neither am I. It does happen to women. And it's terrible when it does. And, and if you're a woman listening to this and, and you want to talk about your experience with this, we'd love to have you on or hear from you. On and, either on either side of the argument, whether you're, you know, in, enjoying or receiving child support or if you have to pay, it doesn't matter. Well, that, that's a very good point. I mean, and, and thanks for reminding me to bring this up. You, you told me to do this before we got on. Look, if, if, if you feel that we are just full of shit and that we're wrong and Wes and I are just, you know, spouting stuff to spout stuff, you're more than welcome to reach out to either one of us. We'll, our, our email addresses will be on the podcast. Absolutely. And we'll have start our dialogue. And if you want to come on refute or argue against anything we have to say in a very, um, respectful manner you can use curse words we don't care we'll have you on if you want us to the plate but we researched this very closely before we said anything everything we talked about from this story 
to what Wes said about family court is all verifiable with a couple of Google searches. So, if but if you think that we are off base or we're just a bunch of men who can't handle our crap, well, you're more than welcome to come on and, and tell us how we're wrong. And if we're wrong, we'll own it, right, Wes? Absolutely. Look, look, I do this so that someone can prove me wrong. Thank you. Please prove me wrong. If I cannot be proven wrong, you must respect what I'm saying. Simple. And all he's saying is, if you have to respect it, it's happening right now to some other poor bastard. Whose only crime is he can't get off a submarine to go to the court date. And his lawyer is arguing that there's a federal statute that allows him some leeway. And the judge is like, I just don't care. Right. So I, I kind of want to shut it down right now, Wes. I think we, we've really gotten over a lot of good ground the last hour. I think, like I said, we'll, we'll start putting this in a SMEAC format. Absolutely. Certainly, the the next uh, episode will be more along the lines of the Jody who's, you know, with your girlfriend or wife and what to do, but it will be in the format of a five-paragraph order. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're not like those guys who uh, beat the crap out of the boyfriend and got thrown in Leavenworth for, um, you know, almost killing them. That didn't happen. Yeah, it actually did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> Quite a few have done that. Yeah, because right, we really, I mean, we talked about this a lot, Wes, in closing. We really want to avoid just relying on anecdotal stories or experience. We want to find actual uh, instances, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. True stories. True situations. Just like we want to have true remedies and true laws that we can reference absolutely and the thing is folks i mean wes and i are two for two right now i mean the 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 links he's going to provide and the links i'm going to provide are all verifiable multiple multi multi verifiable links from the actual he has the actual laws that he can reference to show what he's talking about and i got the story on the navy guy it's it's all right there. So what we hope you do is we hope you check it out, tell your friends, ask questions, connect. And I just want to thank uh, Wes for giving his time and coming on. And uh, this episode is now closed. Omar is out.